You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. This episode of the Live Different Podcast is sponsored by Under 30 Experiences, our travel community for young people. If you're sick of sitting in front of your desk and waiting for your friends to do something awesome, come and travel with us instead. We go to all sorts of amazing places, including Costa Rica, Belize, Iceland, Ireland, Machu Picchu, Rio de Janeiro, uh, Bali, probably other places that I can't even remember that we go to right now. Uh, Come and check it out. And if you mention the Live Different podcast and promo code M-A-T-T, Matt, I am one of the co-founders, and that will earn you $100 off your next booking if you book by June 1st, 2015. So come and check us out, under30experiences.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Matt uh, back with the Live Different podcast, and today we have Jamie Zeller. Um, Jamie is an Under 30 Experiences alumni who I met down in Costa Rica. We went to the rainforest, um, and he is doing a lot of cool things. He recently wrote a book on travel hacking, which I'm really excited to pick his brain about. Um, He also has a really cool business online uh, where he can work from anywhere called Rack Your Board um, and into a lot of similar stuff that I'm into. So I am pumped to uh, pumped to get started talking to Jamie here, have a little laid back conversation. Jamie, what's going on? Hey, Matt. How's it going? Hey, you're down in, uh, you're down in Baltimore right now. What's, what's happening? What is, uh, what is the state of the city? You said you were downtown earlier today? Yes, yeah. So, um, uh, I mean, obviously the, the major media sources want you to think that there's still rioting and stuff going on, but um, it's pretty much peaceful now. Um, you know, the scene here earlier this week was intense, to say the least. Um, but now it's, it's really just a lot of peaceful protesting, and it's kind of nice to see our city coming together to clean up and, and to try to start addressing some of these issues uh, that have been going on for years here. So, um, it kind of just makes me proud to be from this area. That's cool. Where Where are you actually from? I'm I'm born and raised here in Baltimore. Um, I live outside the city a little bit, about three miles from the middle of the city. Um, but you know, all my friends live downtown, and and I've my family's all from here. So yeah, yeah. No, of of course. Um, I have a a college roommate who's from like Luther from Baltimore County. Um, but as as I understand it, you don't send your kids if you can afford uh, to beg, borrow, or steal to send your kids to private school. That's that's what you do because I guess the the school system is just so bad and it's um, it's it's a tough yeah it's a tough go downtown. My buddy lived in in Federal Hill. We we walked to Orioles game. We ate crab cakes in the back you know in the backyard. Um, actually, no, a crab bake in the backyard. And uh, nice. I had a yeah, I had a blast when I went went down there. You know, we walked. We got to walk to the ballpark. Um, we took the tour. We saw a double header. It was a lot of baseball. Um, this year, we're going out to San Francisco to uh, to do the same to visit another one of my college roommates. But we try to find a ballpark every every summer and and do that. But um, yeah, Baltimore is awesome. Baltimore's an interesting place as far as what's going on, especially recently. Yeah, there's just a there's a pretty big disparity uh, between different parts of the city, and um, you know, there's obviously more opportunities in some places than others. But I'm glad you got to see an Orioles game, and 
unfortunately, yesterday we had our, our catcher uh, signing fake autographs and, and waving at the vacant crowd at the stadium. That's, but it was pretty funny to watch. <laughs> that's, um, that's unbelievable. My, we had an uh, ch- uh, email chain going with my roommates, and uh, somebody said, if Crush Davis hits a double and nobody sees it, does it really count? <laughs> and, and then I asked my buddy if he was outside scalping tickets, and uh, he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't find that so funny. <laughs> anyway, for, if you guys hadn't heard, they, they literally uh, shut down the baseball game yesterday. Well, the the players still played, but nobody was allowed to come in. This, uh, as I understand it, so pretty crazy. Yeah, I think that was the first time in MLB history that uh, something like that happened. But you know, I guess given the circumstances, uh, in order to reduce traffic and whatnot, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So hey, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about your journey. You know, about your journey over the last couple of years. So we met in I think October 2013 very end of October 2013 mm-hmm. and uh, you were you had a sh- short haircut you were uh, you did not have that gorgeous beard that you're growing right now I'm not going to describe anyone's beard as gorgeous that's disgusting but uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll say you have gorgeous long hair now and um, I one of the things that I, I I think of most when I think of Jamie Zeller is coming down. So we go way up um, on this under 30 experiences trip, way up into the rainforest, um, pretty much to the middle of nowhere, uh, past this volcano off of Lake Arenal. And um, I just remember it started getting dark and we were way the hell up through the mountains on that windy road. And um, we, you pull onto the ranch uh, where we stay at this world renowned eco lodge. And it was funny because a lot of people have the feeling like, what the hell did I get myself into? Where are they taking me? And um, to hear you sit, you actually came and, and said that or said that to the group next the next day, you're like, man, we started going down that dirt road and I all of a sudden realized that I was out of my comfort zone. And uh, I really appreciated you owning up to that because... Um, yeah, that was that was pretty funny, and and since then it seems like you've you've become the the travel hacking extraordinaire, huh? Yeah, so that was um, that was one of my first experiences outside of the U.S. where I wasn't, uh, you know, where I didn't have any local ties. Um, before that, I I had uh, been dating a girl in Mexico, so I'd been there. But you know, when you when you go visit somewhere and you're staying with a family, they kind of you know show you along more or less, or are giving you the tour guide. Um, and so, yeah, at, at that moment, I remember, I remember saying that and, and just, uh, you know, you try to fly in and, and we meet all of you guys and, you know, it's all pretty relatable and we have a whole day of driving and then when we go off the main road, I just start thinking, oh man, what, what's <laughs> happening right now? Uh, that's um, awesome. But yeah, since then, I mean, that was, that was really an eye-opening experience for me, not only in traveling, but in just meeting people who are trying to do the same thing that I am. Um, which is not be confined to the cubicle. Um, and I was fresh off the cubicle when I first met you. I think I had quit my job maybe two months beforehand. Um, and just night and day, you know, what, what life is at a nine to five compared to what it is now. Um, but yeah, since then, I've been working on a few things. Um, rack your board mainly, which I think I had already taken over when I first met you. Um, and so with Rack Your Board, 
basically we provide uh, racks, bags, accessories for surfers and stand-up paddle boarders and uh, snowboarders and what have you. And so it's a it's a drop shipping e-commerce site. Um, and so it's it's more or less modeled off of the uh, four-hour work week. And while you can have a four-hour work week, I will say that you'll be a lot more successful if you opt out of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, but it's really just you know planning things ahead of time. So now I'm kind of utilizing tools like Buffer um, and Instagram planner apps so that we can have content constantly going out. I'm sure you guys do a similar thing with with under 30. Um, but yeah, so rack your board now that I've had it for a few years, I realize how seasonal it is because the sports are seasonal. Um, so in the off season last year, I was just getting a lot of questions from um, Michael Jacobs, who you mentioned earlier, um, Mike Esposito, who was on our trip, um, you know, Jake Tatal, who I think you know, and, and some other friends. And they're just asking me how, how, how I've been getting these cheap flights. Um, and so I kind of like gave them the overview as, as far as frequent flyer miles go. Um, but just a very basic overview, you know, you know, store, steered them in the direction of a, a couple of credit cards or a couple of sites where they could take surveys or, or what have you. But there's so many other tricks and, and other ways to get cheap flights other than just, you know, using miles. Um, someone actually just recently asked me on Twitter, hey, I have a month. I need to get, I need to get uh, across the country and I'm trying to get cheap flights. What can I do? Um, so in that sense, you know, you can't really redeem miles that you don't have. So there's a lot of other ways to do it. You know, there's, there's ways to go into Priceline and to manipulate the bidding system so you know you're saving the most money. Um, you know, there's, there's tons of sites that are last-minute deals. Um, there's, an, there's an app I have on my phone called GTFO, <laughs> and it's literally just you put in your, your home airport, and it literally just lists the cheapest price for each location and just gives you if you want to leave today, what's the cheapest way you can do it and where do you want to go? Oh, dude, I, I definitely need that. I use, um, I use Skyscanner and also on Google Flights now there's a option where I can say, okay, I'm in, for example, in July, I have to get from uh, Lima, Peru to Ireland and there are not a lot of flights from South America to Europe just it just doesn't happen not a lot of people go that way they usually lay over in the states and um, you can you can select Lima and then you can see like where the hell can I fly from here and then I was able to actually see that um, I think it's Iberia uh, airway a Spanish airway um, will fly you Lima directly to Spain or I had to do this last year um, for something different but I went direct um, I went direct from Bogota I believe uh, on Avianca to Madrid and just to know about where those connections are or or sometimes you know like if I'm leaving from New York and I'm trying to get to Asia well I want to look and see how I can get to Bali but I a lot of times like to have a little layover or you can or you for cheaper you can have a 24-hour layover and sleep in a real bed and see a new place so I was able to go for 24 hours and spend that in Singapore get a good night's sleep um, and have way less jet lag but I didn't know most connections go you know I, I just searched all right from New York how can I get to Asia and I saw okay I can lay over in Tokyo I can 
uh, layover in Taipei. I could go the other way around the world and I've done the 24-hour layover in Dubai. Um, you could lay over in Jakarta um, right now. And so you can see like, hey, in GTFO, get the fuck out. Okay, how <laughs> am I, where do I want to go? So that's, yeah, th that's one of the things that I use. But you say there's this app also that, that works that way? Yeah, yeah. So the app is, it's just called GTFO. And it's, it's a very basic app. I've only used it once. Um, but you just put in your, your main airport. I've got it up right now. So mine's BWI here in Baltimore, and it'll just pick up the cheapest flights. So right now, cheapest flight, 283 to Fort Lauderdale, Boston, Cancun, 315. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> but they're all one-way flights. Um, but yeah, just for, for somebody that, like you or I, that has the freedom to just be like, I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, once, once you get too much into your comfort zone in a place, it's not a bad idea to just get out. Um, and so this is an app that I think is is great. You know, I'm, I don't endorse, I'm not, you know, involved with it in, in any way, but I just think it's kind of cool. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, and, uh, here's something for you. Southwest just started to fly, um, to San Jose, Costa Rica. And I'm pretty pumped about that because a, those are cheap flights, but B, there's something called the Southwest effect. And once Southwest starts going to a place, all the other airlines are forced to start dropping their prices to compete. Um, so I'm, for me personally, that's awesome. Um, from, not that I'm flying in out of Baltimore, but I'm hoping for the Southwest effect to happen to Costa Rica and there just be cheaper flights going down there. It'll benefit me, but then all of our travelers um, as well. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, was it last year or maybe the year before that Spirit started flying there from Fort Lauderdale? Um, and I know, you know, Spirit gets a yeah, bad rap, yeah, but, yeah, you know, if, you're just, worth, uh, if, it's, if, it's, if it's worth being uncomfortable for three hours for and a, totally a $100 is. flight, yeah, you know. It totally I mean, I'm flying, I'm flying Wow Airlines, which is like the Spirit of Iceland, over to Iceland yes. later this year Sweet. on the $99 flight. So it's, uh, you know, it, I guess it's kind of... Um, how much are you willing to tolerate? And for me, it's more about you know having the experience. And while while first class flights are amazing, you know I just experienced my first one going out to Denver earlier this year. Um, you know I, I don't think it like makes or breaks a trip for me. Um, no, no. And the the overnights on Spirit. So I, I've flown both Wow and Spirit. Um, actually, I've flown Spirit a lot lately because um, I, I was able to get a. Uh, Fort Lauderdale to Cancun for $99, and then I hitchhiked nice. down the Yucatan um, through the Mayan Riviera, scouted a trip for under 30 experiences to Tulum. And oh, that's then, such a great place. Yeah, and then went down across the border, and you can take a boat right to um, Ambergris Key in, in San Pedro, where we go um, in Belize. And so I was like, all right, what's the cheapest way for me to get from... Um, you know, Miami, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area down to, um, down to Belize. And I said, that sounds like a way better experience for way less money than flying directly into, into Belize or, or Belize city or into Ambergris key because it's just, um, yeah, it's just a better experience. And if you can figure it, if you have the flexibility to be able to do it, I mean, it's, it's really amazing. The only thing that I can't stand spirit for is uh, and I don't care about three dollar. They won't even give you water, right? It's three bucks. Who cares? Yeah. Um, and they have the extra bags 
you know, but $35 is, I only carry, well, I carry two backpacks everywhere I go and that's, that's it. Um, so you have one personal item for free and then a $35 if you book in advance your carry-on and that's all I have. So it's no big, you know, so it's no big deal. Um, but the overnight flights on the seats that don't recline are, those can be tough. I just took one Oh yeah. Um, last week I came from, um, oh, I was coming oh, from San Jose and I laid over in Fort Lauderdale, whatever that, for whatever reason, that's a big hub with the cheapest international flights or at least mm -hmm. uh, Latin America flights. And then up to LaGuardia, I think is Spirit's hub. Um, yes, I did. Came into LaGuardia. Anyway, I missed my connecting flight. Um, which then encouraged me to sign up for global entry, um, which then you can bypass all the lines. And I, for immigration, I never would have got stuck. Um, yeah, I was going to say Fort Lauderdale Airport is a nightmare from what I remember. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, I don't know, JetBlue gets you through pretty well. Spirit, you can't always rely on. But with global entry, you can just jump the line. And um, so I'm excited about that. And another little travel hack here is American Express Platinum will reimburse you for that. And yeah, it's $4.95 a year and it's a little cushy and I don't need all of the things that it gives me. Um, but we run our th whole business through that and we rack up the, the miles like, like Yeah, and there's no foreign transaction fees in that one either. Right? Exactly. So that's, that's, a, that's a huge uh, variable when you're looking at cards if you're traveling a lot. For me at least. I mean, that, that stuff really adds up. Yeah, and I, I also just um, unwrapped my Capital One Visa card, and that is no foreign transaction fees also, and no annual fee, um, which is huge. Almost all cards w uh, with no foreign transaction fees, they hit you on the annual fee. But yeah. for me, I'm always going to get charged that 3%, so it's really nice to have no foreign transaction fees. Um, but not everybody accepts American Express, so that's a challenge we run into a lot. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is one thing. Um, were you able to, did you notice that, so there was a U.S. Airways, um, I think it's a MasterCard, and I've been telling a lot of people to go ahead and get this card um, up until about a month ago when it was discontinued because U.S. Airways was absorbed by American Airlines. Um, but this was one of the, like, the quickest, best travel hacking cards I've seen as far as offers go um, because it was one swipe and you get 50,000 miles. Um, and that's, that's redeemable in all alliances. You know, with the other ones, American Airlines and British Airways, which I've been working on now, it's a $2,000 minimum spend for the same thing. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's over now, <laughs> but, uh, I was, I was just trying to tell as many people as possible, like, this is not going to last. Um, they're just trying to get as many people signed up and switched over to the AA Advantage card, um, while they can. And now I think it was three or four weeks ago, everything switched. So everything's American now. Yep. Yeah. And okay. I, I haven't even been able to find the same offer on American. I've only seen the, uh, $2,000 minimum spend over three months. Which is the same as the uh, British Airways, but so that's kind of a cool hack if you're if you're planning a, a round the world trip. Um, what I did or what I'm in the process of doing is so I had that U.S. Airways card, fifty thousand in one swipe. Um, I took three months with you know what is it six hundred something a month to get those fifty thousand British Airways miles. So now I'm at a hundred thousand in the same alliance. And next I'll go to the A Advantage card, which has the same offer, 
take three months or however long it takes. I just run my business expenses through it. Yeah. So that'll be another 50. So that's 150 in one alliance. Um, so I think, I think round the world trips estimates, I've seen about like 225,000 miles. Um, so yeah, and, and every few months, some of these, you can kind of re-redeem these offers. Now you don't want, you don't want to keep opening and closing lines of credit, um, obviously for your credit score. But a, a kind of like side financial hack, and you know, take this with a grain of salt. I'm not a financial advisor, but what I've been doing is, I've been calling the the company that runs this, whether it be Barclay Card or Chase. You know, they all have different ones, American Express. And when I get a new card and cancel an old one, I'll just ask them to roll that line of credit into the new one. So you're not opening and closing a new line of credit; you're just changing the card and getting the new benefits. Oh, interesting, interesting. Huh. I'll have to. I'll have to look into that. Um, I've not. I try not to open and close. Yeah, I really try not to open and close anything. But I like to stick to this whatever strategy. You know, I like to look at it long term. And and I'm sure there's people out there that are are saying, Hey, how can I get my quick sign up and get my quick flight and go on my first trip, etc. Um, you know, I try. To, I'm I'm doing this for the long term, so I try to stick with whatever strategies work. Um, Long term, but no, that's that's definitely not a bad idea. Actually, I have a question for you. Um, so, so I use so I try to run everything through American Express Platinum. Um, American Express works with Delta, and so I can transfer everything over to Delta. I usually just go by whatever the cheapest flight is on whatever major alliance I can find. Um, but if it is Delta, I will I will pick that up, um, and you know I very maybe not once a month i don't think i earn myself a free flight but uh, a lot um you know we we run our whole business off of off of the card so my question for you is actually american sent me the thing in the mail that said hey your uh, miles are about to expire what would you like to do with them um what can you tell us about uh, ex when your miles expire what to do well all right so there's a few different options and and not always is the you know credit card company going to send you that in the mail. A lot of times, you know your miles miles are just going to expire. You might get a monthly update from the airline, um, but if you really want to stay on top of it, I use Award Wallet, and they they actually just saved me earlier this year because I had like twelve thousand miles about to expire, um, and so I was able to to redistribute those. So with with the Delta miles and American Express. Um, as far as I know, those specifically don't expire, Delta miles. Um, okay. For whatever reason, I, I don't know if that, that's just your American Express points, but I think if you convert them into Delta miles on your Delta account, um, on, your, on your frequent flyer account, those shouldn't expire. Now, with other ones, I've had uh, American Airlines and U.S. Airways miles expire before. Yeah, that's I actually American lost. that are, are coming up to expire for me. Yeah. Um, so, how many how many do you have? If you don't mind me asking. Ah, uh, it's only like ten thousand. Yeah. So, if you have ten thousand, you know, you can maybe get a you can maybe get like a one way ticket somewhere. Um, but I would. Sorry, just a second. No, no worries. Because what I was gonna say is I have so I have American Express Platinum right, and so every time I book a flight with them, it 
um, it's double miles. So I try to book everything through their booking system, even though for international flights, there's a surcharge of 10 bucks, but mm -hmm. it just, you, you get ahead. Um, and then if you book on Delta, you also get the Delta miles. So you're earning yourself triple miles. And when you redeem Amex, um, usually when you redeem your miles with Amex, they let you keep 20%. And now they just yep. bumped it to 30 Thirty percent, at least for for the platinum card holders, um, and also you get into the airport lounge, which can be very nice um, for for Delta and and Amex. So those two work together. But yeah, I take other. I think I flew to L.A. and I don't know. I've I've flown places on American apparently because they sent me. Um, yeah, they sent me this. Hey, your miles are going to expire. But what do you think I should do with them? Yeah, if you have 10,000, I think the minimum for uh, redeeming one way, depends on the airline, but usually in between 12,500 and 17,500, I would try to get to 12,500, whether it be through you know, business, business spending or um, if, if you see an offer come up, there are seasonal offers where it makes sense to buy miles. You know, if you're only, you know, only 2,000 miles away from something, um, you know, it might make sense to buy miles if they're doubling it. I haven't, I haven't actually seen one of those offers this year. Usually, they're not that good. Um, but if you can't get it up, let's say it's seventeen thousand five hundred miles is the minimum, and you only have ten, um, you can. Let's see. I guess surveys is one way, but that's a lot of that's a lot of work if you're willing to do it. Another thing is you can redeem miles for other products. So I had expiring um, A Advantage miles. I think I had about five thousand. And I was able to get a subscription to The Economist, which is one of the only magazines, in my opinion, that's worth subscribing to because it's not pay to play. Um, it's like a $200 subscription for a year. And I was able to redeem, I think, like 3,000 miles to get it. So there's other, there's other ways to distribute them. You know, If you don't have enough for a flight and they're expiring and there's something on your wish list that you don't really want to pay cash for, um, there's other ways to kind of liquidate those miles. Awesome. I think uh, I think I'm gonna have to go shopping because I don't know when I'm gonna squeeze. To be honest, I don't know when I'm gonna squeeze in another flight. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay, I like it. So you talked about some apps. Um, what what blogs or sites do you read? Because I know there's like Flyer Talk and all of these sites that will send you an alert and say. Hey, there's this first class, um, no, uh, first class ticket on here. You sh guys should jump on it. Or earlier this year, a buddy called me and said, "Hey, man, there's a um, there's some travel hacks going on right now. I can get um, with United. I think it was. You can fly like anywhere in Latin America." He said, "I just want to come meet you somewhere next winter. Where will you be? Take a look at this list of places." Um, what, do you, what kind of newsletters do you subscribe to or blogs do you read? And then we can link some of this stuff up underneath the, the show notes. Sure, yeah. Um, so I think the one your friend was talking about might be theflightdeal.com. Okay. Um, and that's, that's a really cool site, especially for traveling internationally if you don't, if you don't use miles or you don't have a lot of miles. Um, and those are usually like eight-day round-trip tickets, and they're usually taking off within about one to two months. So it's definitely for someone that's more short-term. Um, but I've seen, I think I saw something on there, it was to Southeast Asia, maybe Singapore or Thailand, and it was an 8 to 10 day trip, and I think it was like 775 round trip, which like is an amazing price in my, my eyes. Yeah, you know, for sure. For, for cash only, you know, last minute. 
Um, some of the miles guys that, that you want to follow, the points guy is just above and beyond everyone else. Yeah, I've read um, him. What was the first one that you said again? I think it's called The Flight Deal or TheFlightDeals.com. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll, I will do some research. Um, and yeah, obviously the points guy is, you know, great. And it's, it's hard because a lot, there's a lot of people in the industry and a lot of their blogs are monetized through affiliate offers with, uh, credit card companies. Sure. So it's kind of hard to, you know, pick apart who's legit and who's just trying to make money. Mm -hmm. Um, and while the points guy does have those, he's actually legit. He's, um, and for business owners that have the expenses that they can kind of roll these these cards into, um, I think the points guy is great. Another one is uh, uh, the frugal traveler, and he's actually a friend of the points guy. He's pretty good. I follow him on Twitter. Um, you know, and with the flyer talk forums, I think they're they were great five years ago, but it, it seems now that they're kind of drying up, and it's it's. Um, it's more opinion based, you know. W with travel hacking, no one's ever going to get the exact same experience. Um, depending on when you book something, could be the difference between it being thirty-five thousand mile one-way flight or seventeen-five. Um, like when I when I came down to Costa Rica to meet up with you guys, luckily the the time of year and the day of the week that we went down, I think we went down in the middle of the week and came back on a Sunday. Um, so those flights in the middle of the week only cost 17,500 miles each way, whereas if you booked on the weekend or booked on a Monday, um, it might be 35,000 each way. So it really depends on what you're looking for, when you're booking, the time of the week you're leaving. There's a lot of variables. Um, do, you, do you have a, a favorite day of the week to travel and or to book flights because uh, I'll tell you my opinion on this but I, I want to hear what you say first. I think as far as booking there's not much discrepancy you know in my book I do cover if you're doing traditional flights if you're using Priceline or, or right on the airlines thing um, and you go up there Tuesday at midnight they usually release the cheap fares so they'll, they'll show up hmm. um, but as far as traveling Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday in my experience have been cheaper one and two, if costs less miles. Um, now, I actually have flown on a Saturday before for the same miles as a Wednesday, and for whatever reason, the Thursday and the Friday were double. So, you know, it, it, it's really up and down. But most of the time, I'll travel on a Wednesday or Thursday, and that'll cost me less miles. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mainly Tuesday, Wednesday. That's my go-to if I'm going to fly in and out of anywhere, but also if I'm going to book. Um, and also I like to wait until after the 28th or the 30th of the month because that's when my credit card statement flips over and then I have, you know, 30 days until the next statement, right? And then I have an additional month to pay that so I can book my, I could book a flight today and not have to actual, actually give up the cash for, for two months. Um, so I try to combine those two, try to do it at the end of the month also. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a great strategy. And that's something that, um, that I, I think I did for the Costa Rica trip. Um, and that was, that was kind of strange because that was the first time that I ever tried travel hacking is when I, I committed to your trip, I think, in July. 
And at the same time, I was looking at my first card was the, uh, the Amex Gold Delta card, just the basic one. And it, it had like a, at that time, the minimum spends were so low. It was like $500 minimum spend and gave me 35,000 miles. And for whatever reason, um, there was a mix-up and they sent one of the cards to my parents' house. And my dad has the same name as I do. So he got the card in the mail and called him and said, you know, this is fraudulent. I had already set up the <laughs> online thing. And so I called him up and straightened it out and they sent me a new card, but they let me keep those miles. So I got one card and I got double the miles. So I ended up with 70,000 Delta miles. Oh, no um, way. Because they sent it to the wrong address. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty cool. And I think the Costa Rica trip cost, you know, 30 or 35,000. And at that time, the minim minimum spends were a little or not the minimum spends, the copays were a little higher, so that was maybe like 80 bucks. But when I went again last year and used um, US Airways and went down with Michael Jacobs, I think it was maybe 50 bucks, 50, 50 bucks and 51 cents, if I remember correctly. Damn, that's, uh, that is pretty solid. And do you have, while we're on the topic, um, do you have any apps that you would recommend other than, uh, than GTFO? Uh, yeah, I think I mentioned this one earlier. So this is a site and an app, but uh, Award Wallet is just great, and it's free too. I mean, they have a they have an upgraded plan that you could pay for. Okay, um, that's the one that I have that alerts you when your miles are about to expire, um, and you know there's some extra features. But as far as like just keeping everything organized, you know, I used to have a Google Docs spreadsheet, and it quickly got very very out of hand. <laughs> And yeah. it, was, it was pretty hard to organize, so I went over to Award Wallet and put everything in there. Um, and you can keep track of your frequent flyer numbers. Uh, you can keep track of your cards. So if you have like a, a Chase card that has those miles that you can kind of redeem on any airline, yeah. I think uh, I think the Amex Silver is is similar to that. Um, or what is it, the Amex Platinum that you have? That's a similar situation where you can redeem them on. A lot of different airlines, one to one. Yeah, well, because American Express has their own booking um, engine, so if you book through them, you you earn yourself double miles, and then whoever you fly with gives you miles as well. But yes, you can redeem them for anything. Actually, I was in a New York City taxi cab um, two nights ago, and it came up. It was actually a little creepy. I, w I actually didn't like it that much, and it said, you have 41,000 miles right now. Would you like to pay for this cab with your miles? And I was like, how do you know? How does this taxi cab <laughs> know how many miles? I, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't love that one as far as privacy goes. but The dark uh, side of technology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so GTFO, Award Wallet, which for people who don't know how complicated this stuff is, I mean, you can, it, people like Jamie who are, who are experts in this, I mean, it gets really down to the nitty gritty, you know, they, because there are different classes that you can fly. I'm not talking about business first and, and uh, coach. I'm talking about you can get like a class on Delta, for example. You can get a class J ticket or you can get a class whatever ticket and that... Um, that has to do with if they'll bump you for an upgrade with a medallion and if you will if you're able to fly standby or if you're able to change if you're able to change your flight um, like one time i got delayed on delta and they're like oh you paid for this with miles and it's only a class j ticket um you uh, we can't put you on standby in this flight but we can put you on standby in this flight it gets really 
I mean, it gets really complicated. So these, these newsletters and stuff are what kind of hack through all that stuff. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, one thing about the Delta program, which is pretty cool, is the, the highest tier, if you will, which I think is like a platinum tier. Um, and you have to have like a, a 125,000 MQMs, which are a different breed of mile. You can only earn them by flying. Um, but the benefits for it are incredible. Like, you know, if you're, if you're on the top tier of Delta, you get complimentary domestic flights and you get like half price first class tickets and just like you get so many perks that it's like almost impossible for you to fall out of that tier. That's insane. Um, so it's sort of like a, an ongoing thing to work your way up. And now what some of the airlines are doing, which is pretty cool, and I think like as more people start signing up this way, um, they might uh, lower the prices a little bit. But you can actually buy your way into a tier with some of these airlines and then hmm. start redeeming there. So I, I think it starts around uh, a couple hundred dollars and goes up to like $10,000 depending on the tier. But you can buy yourself into the tier and then start earning miles and perks there. I um, didn't so it kind of just jump starts your way into it. Huh. Uh, yeah, because I was, um, I, I don't fly Delta all the time, but I was right below my limit for the silver medallion. And while I love to fly uh, Spirit uh, overnight flights for $99, for every one of those that I put my body through hell, I like to get upgraded if I can as well on the, on the other side of it. So, um yeah, no, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. And and once you uh, once you fly first class, it's uh, it's pretty hard to go back. Uh, like I said earlier this year, I had my first first class flight, um, and on Delta, which is known for you know not not kind of uh, becoming cheap with their first class uh, as some other American airlines have done. Mm -hmm. So you know they still have like the the really great food and the uh, they have hot towels and all that kind of old school stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's you know it's it's nice to treat yourself every once in a while. Yeah, for sure. For with American Express Platinum, some, for some reason, um, it's happened to me twice, and we have trips in uh, in Costa Rica and Belize, and sometimes I need to fly in between the two. And I really like Avianca, the Colombian airline, um, which I mentioned I flew one time Bogota to Madrid um, and I'll fly them among Central America but in Central America you know people mainly take the bus right like if you're mm -hmm. flying in between Central American countries you're probably um, you're in the minority uh, you're well you're in the minority but you're like the Latin business Latin American businessman basically and so anyway with American Express Platinum it's happened to me twice and Courtney was with me one of the t one of the times which was nice to be able to to treat someone else um they bumped me automatically i called and i was like hey yeah um i'm looking for this flight and i can't really find it i forget why i called and they said yes you should book this right now because all that we have access to right now is first class so i just booked it because it was the same price and that happened to me twice um That's and awesome. you have to lay over in san salvador but it didn't even matter because I was like, all right, I'll eat two nice meals and get two nice hot towels. And, it, you know, it's a, it's a treat. And they're short flights. Um, but, yeah, it was a treat. I really like Avianca. And then um, so that happened to me a couple times. And then um, also recently, um, this happened to me twice as well. I went to rent cars through American Express Platinum um, 
from Miami, Fort Lauderdale, where I spend a good amount of time. And they told me, I, I typed in my, to drop it off in Key West, typed in all my information, hit book. You know, it was going to be like a hundred bucks uh, just to, to drive down one way, drive down the Keys. And it came back and read, we're sorry, your, uh, your, your car rental information has changed. The price has been reduced and it cost me like 50 bucks each time. So I don't know. Nice. I, I'm just, I don't know if it was because that American Express uh, gives you Avis, um, the Avis preferred line. I don't know if that's what it is, which is, which is very nice because they also gave me a, a Mustang um, instead of a oh, Kia. Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> a little bit nicer. Um, so that was kind of fun as well. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a, it's actually uh, funny that you mentioned uh, Avianca, that Colombian airline, because there used to be a hack, and I'm not sure if it works anymore, where you could go into their website and book, like change your location to booking from Colombia, and it would show up in, um, I don't know what their currency is, I think they're also called pesos, mm-hmm. um, but it would show up in that currency, and it would actually be like maybe 60% of the cost if you would have booked it in the U.S. dollars. Wow. Um, so if you have a car with no transaction fee, uh, sure. you know, it made sense to just go on and do that. I think Actually, I think somebody wrote a Business Insider article about it, and somebody from the airline saw it and, and changed it, but it was, yeah. was kind of cool for a while. Huh. That is, that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, any last apps? Because then I want to kind of change gears and, and talk to you about your travels. And, and uh, these, are, of course, have been all the ways to, to get cheap flights and... and um, all of that, but do you have any last apps for us? And I want to change gears here for a minute. Um, let's see. So we did Award Wallet, GTFO, uh, the Points Guy, obviously. I mean, I, 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 I still would say take advantage of Flyer Talk. Um, you know, everyone does have a different experience, like I said, but you know, sometimes there's those last minute deals that that pop up. Um, so yeah, Flyer Talk, keep it in there. Um, the flight deals, the one we talked about earlier. Yep. And then Skyscanner, which you use, which is kind of a, a nice overall uh, look at the picture. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, those are those are good. And then obviously, just like opening the, it sounds you know dumb, but just opening the promotional offers that the airlines send you. You know, yeah. you, when you do sign up for a frequent flyer program, they're going to send you a lot of stuff. And a lot of it's going to be spam, but then sometimes you'll get something like, you know, if you like wine, for instance, they'll send you a bottle of wine a month for six months, and it's like $10 a bottle, and you'll get like 5,000 miles. Hmm. Um, so there's, there's always like offers with their partners. Um, so, you know, in this world, nothing is free. You know, it's always, sure. always kind of a give and take. Um, but with frequent flyer miles, it's uh, it's as close to free as I think you're going to get. <laughs> excellent, excellent, and you get incredible experiences out of travel, which is where I wanted to go next um, with you. So you came down to. Can, can you just talk a little bit how uh, travel has kind of changed your perspectives? You went from corporate, right, and then you came on this U30X trip, and then you're like, all right, I need more of this. How can I? How can I do this? Put it together with you know, 
uh, with my, you know, trying to say, hey, everybody has to quit their job and, you know, you're trying to run your business um, and, and travel at the same time. That all takes money and resources. But how have all those experiences changed you? Um, well, I'll start out, I guess, by saying that uh, it's made me realize that time is a lot more valuable than money is, you know? And I'm still pretty young, you know, I'm only I'm 24, I'll be 25 this year. Wow. Um, but, you know, especially when you're young, you don't need to be so oriented, career focused. Um, you know, there's plenty of time in your life for you to save for retirement, you know, and that's, that's kind of the argument that, you know, your parents might have with you is, is uh, oh, what are you going to do? How are you going to support your, your family down the line? How are you going to save for retirement down the line? And, and the key word is down the line, you know? And I'm not saying to be um, uh, inexperienced or irresponsible with your finances, but just to realize that, you know, I was making, I think I was making like 75000 a year or close to it selling ads in Denver, you know, um, for, for a big you know, Denver Business Journal, big, big corporate um, media outlet. And, you know, I had the nice house, the nice apartment, the nice car. Um, and I was just miserable, you know. It, it, was, it was miserable having to go in. I think I worked nine to ten hours a day um, and just kind of selling people on something that I didn't see value in and that if I was a business owner, I wouldn't buy. Um, and I guess that's the secret to sales is, you also have to believe in what you're selling or else you're not going to be very successful doing it. Um, so to shift from that to just being like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. And I had been building up a, a side business called Mini Screen Cleaners. Um, I don't know if you noticed, I was just trying to like get rid of the site recently because I'm paying the hosting fees for it, but I don't have the time to manage it. Um, and that was, that was kind of like my tipping off point. And, and through doing that, I learned how to use the back end of, of a platform called Shopify for e-commerce. Um, I learned how to be resourceful and, and go out and find things, whether it be through uh, Alibaba to find manufacturers or 99designs to get logos and, and products designed. Um, but you know, even starting a business, if you have a couple hundred bucks and just starting a business or a blog, just for the sake of learning and learning how to um, do something like that, because before you know, I had the four-year marketing degree from college, the business degree, and you don't learn any of that. I didn't learn anything about how to run a business online. Like, sure, I, I know how to put a balance sheet together, um, or yeah, I know how to like construct a marketing message um, a little better than some people do. But uh, I guarantee you, you could pick up a book and and read it, and you could probably write better marketing copy than I could. So it's it's really, I think, you have to keep educating yourself. And, and know that as you get older and as, as you want to accomplish more, you have to teach yourself how to do that. And if someone else is doing it, then they've proven that it's possible for you to do the exact same thing. Um, so Dude, just I, I completely agree about the whole school and uh, what you learn starting business and then what you learn, what you learn traveling. It's, I mean, there's no doubt. Where, where did you go to school, Jamie? I went to uh, Coastal Carolina down in South Carolina. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the business school, and this is how, like, like old school oriented it is. It's called Wall, Wall College of Business, like, as in Wall Street, as in, like, the people who started this business school 
are all ex-Wall Street professionals. They recruit their teachers from there, so they, they have a very old-school perspective on what business is about. Um, it's very bottom-line oriented. It's not, it's not really about creating value. It's only about creating value for your shareholders, not necessarily your customers. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely, I completely agree with you there, and it really struck me about advertising and what. Yeah, sure, you're. I mean, that's a very nice salary um, to be able to live in Denver and and play with and um, be God twenty two, twenty three years old. Um, that's a pretty sweet deal, but again, you you don't believe in it. You're just you're just uh, supporting the crap that you know you're selling more advertising so people can just buy more crap in the world that they don't really need and get consumed with whatever it is that they buy and that's not going to fulfill them so they always want more and it's just this huge huge cycle um, yeah absolutely and and the thing about my job there was um, you know I love the people that I work with and and they're all great um, but for me being 22 at the time and Having to go in and and it was a it was clearly just B two B advertising you know it was it was businesses advertising to other businesses or uh, stakeholders or what have you um, so to be twenty two and to go in and try to convince a fifty year old who's been set in their ways for the last twenty years and has been running this business for ten years to buy something um, it was it wasn't really an easy task you know um, and it kind of it it, it put me into a, a stage in my life where I was kind of just depressed because um, I thought that was it. You know, your whole life you're preached to, you know, go to college, get good grades, graduate, get a good job, and then it's like, then what? Well, then you have the good job and you just stay there for 40 years and contribute to your 401k and then when you're shitting your pants and you're 70, you can actually have some money. Um, so I didn't really subscribe to that idea. <laughs> so um, I guess to, to go into the travel part, when I first started, um, I guess, I think I was connected to you through, when I was starting that first business, I was just looking for resources online, and I came across Under 30 CEO, um, and I signed up for your mailing list, and that kind of opened my eyes to uh, the whole world of, you know, a lot of people trying to start their own thing. Um, and I think through there, I was connected to, I think you had like Daniel D. Piazza do a couple guest things. Sure. Um, and so I started following his blog and, you know, he's just one of those like really genuine kind of funny guys. Um, and so just like, you know, keep connecting, keep learning, you know, with these, like with these opt-in forms now, half the time I'll opt into something just to see how they run their email list. You know, I, I might not have any interest in what they're selling. Like, uh, I think I opted in for one that was selling like, uh, private blog networks, which I ended up like doing one, one on my own or hiring somebody to do one on my own for Rack Your Board. But I kind of wanted to see how they would sell it. And now that, you, you know, when you start looking at how people construct something, you can kind of start constructing it yourself. Um, but to fast forward to the traveling, so uh, under 30 CEO, obviously like you had a list and then you started marketing the trips to us. And at the time, you know, I have, I have money, like I want to travel. So... It was it was kind of a no brainer. I think I think we maybe talked like once on email, um, but when we were when we were in Costa Rica and people were like, yeah, like you know, I was on the edge and like Matt called me up and convinced me and all this stuff, and I was just like, oh, like I just talked to him once and I was like, yeah, let's just do it. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't something that needed to be convinced to do. 
um, because I was so unhappy where I was before. So, uh, so since the under 30 trip, which we talked about earlier, um, I came back to Baltimore and I kind of started to, you know, build this racket board business. Um, when I took it over, I bought it on a site called Flippa, which sells online businesses and domain names and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm going to link um, that up for some people, F-L-I-P-P-A. Yeah, so um, I'd been looking at sites on there for probably like three to six months and just kind of analyzing them. And, and, you know, I wanted a business that would be passive. I wanted something that um, I, I really liked the drop shipping model. And mostly because, you know, there's a lot of AdSense targeted sites on there. But the thing about AdSense and affiliate sites is you have, you know, 1% of guys making great money. And then you have all these guys in the middle making okay money. And then you have 90% of people making crap with affiliate sites and with uh, AdSense and that sort of thing. So the odds are against you. So I was just kind of looking for something that was a niche market and that might mean that your main keyword gets under 2,000 searches a month. But when you start looking at variations of it, um, you can really target, and this is kind of SEO-based and also now social media-based, where we're targeting long-tail keywords like uh, surfboard racks for motorcycles, where maybe only 10 to 20 people search for it a month, but if you pop up in the top three, um, you're getting people that are targeted and they're longer down the sales process. Um, so I, so I started building up Rack Your Board, and for the better part of uh, the year last year, that's kind of what I was building up. And with the exception of you know going and traveling with uh, Michael Jacobs in Costa Rica and Nicaragua and, and through Central America last summer. And the cool thing about you know having a business that sort of runs itself is you put all the work in ahead of time, um, and then when you're traveling, you know I have a Shopify app on my phone, so if somebody uh, has an order. I'll also get an email and I'll just email that. I'll just forward the email to the appropriate supplier and they'll ship it out to the customer for me. So it's very easy as long as you can find a Wi-Fi connection. Um, you can run your business from, from the road. Damn, that, that's awesome. Okay, can you, can you take everybody through the details a little bit more about you being on the beach in Costa Rica and what exactly drop shipping is for people who don't know and Shopify, I want to link that up as a, as a resource for everybody. So can you take people through how that, that process works um, because it, it, you know, it's getting a little bit nerdy, but I want people to know, okay, person X looks, types in this keyword, then they find out, like, what does that sales process looks like and what does your life look like when you're hanging out on the beach in Costa Rica? Sure. So, um, yeah, so I didn't even take my computer last summer to Costa Rica. Damn. So I, I set up the our social media posts ahead of time, and I, and I uh, scheduled our blogs to just release once a week while I was gone. Um, and so basically, like I said before, I, I ran it from my phone. So how, you, how, how I got started is I took over the site. But if, if you were going to get started in, in dropshipping now, um, you'd want to know a few things. So you'd want to do some keyword research, and the best place to do that is in Google AdWords in the, in the Keyword Planner tool. Um, and just start searching for um, you know different product names or niches. Once you find a niche, you can start looking for things like that. And the cool thing is you can actually put in some broad-based keywords, and you can have Google generate all of the long-tail ones for you. Um, and so that'll show you, in, in a broader sense, all of the related keywords that people are searching for. 
So for us, you know, surfboard racks, I think it averages 1,600 searches a month. Um, and that's because in the wintertime, people search 800 times a month. And in the summertime, July, for instance, people are searching three or 4,000 times a month. Um, so all of those people in that broad-based keyword are searching for your term. Um, and now that my space has gotten a little more saturated, a little bit more competitive, we don't spend as much time, uh, you know, spending all of our SEO for one keyword, broad-based keyword like surfboard racks. Um, like I said before, we'll look for uh, another one that we just pointed out was uh, SUP racks, stand-up paddle racks for garage. In that order, SUP racks for garage. So that's a long-tail keyword that gets you know, 60 or 70 searches a month, but because all of my competitors are focusing on just SUP racks and not the word garage, which, you know, it sounds dumb. It sounds like you're nitpicking, but that's 60 or 70 people that are searching for that. And that's 60 or 70 people that are targeted, that are looking exactly for what you're selling. And they're so far down in the sales process that they know exactly what they want and they know where in their house they want to hang it. Damn, that's, that's really cool. And and so are you optimizing your site for these long tail keywords or you're just buying um, Google ads for these keywords? So we're, we're doing both. Um, I'm optimizing the site for SEO and then we run a small private blog network on the side which is a little more SEO complicated so I, I won't, I'll save that for another time. Um, but putting out content and then linking those keywords back to the site and now after kind of discovering that there is a correlation between a, a small AdWords spend and where your organic search rankings show up. Um, I've gone back to AdWords with a, a very small budget, like a three, three to five dollar a day budget. Um, so, you know, w with this sort of business, especially if you're one person, you have to kind of look at all the different possible traffic channels and then kind of decipher how much time should I put into this one, how much time should I put into this one, what's the benefit. Um, for us, you know, we only run, uh, I think, one post a day on Facebook. And what I just set up was a retargeting pixel. So that's, that's a little more advanced as well. But basically what it does is it tracks anyone that comes to our site. And then we have an ad or a sponsored post on Facebook that will show only to that targeted audience. Um, because now, and I'm, I'm sure you've probably read this book by, by Gary Vee, but the, the jab, 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 right hook. Yeah. Once you realize that, it's really you have to hit customers a few times before they're going to buy. Sure. And that can be through content, you know, with, with higher price, uh, you know, marketing packages or webinars or what have you. That's going to be through content. Um, but for people that already know what they're looking for, we try to hit them with, um, let's just keep top of mind. You know, if they were on our site yesterday and they say they put something in their cart and then for whatever reason they didn't check out, th that's out of their mind now. They completely forgot about it. But if they log into Facebook and in their news feed, they see us pop up again with the product that they were looking at, it kind of, you know, reminds them, oh crap, I still need to get one of these. A hundred percent. And now Amazon is starting to put that shit back in your cart. It's unbelievable. I go to Amazon <laughs> and I say, 
eh, I always, you know, I go shopping and then you got to do the, all right, I'm a minimalist. What do I have to take out here? And then they put the stuff back in the cart where it's like the things that you really wanted. And then it shows you in your next order underneath. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, but it's genius actually, because I end up buying that stuff. Um, yeah. And Amazon is, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously a touchy subject for a lot of small business owners who, who sell retail. Um, in my industry specifically, it's taken us from being competitive and all making a pretty good margin to I have people undercutting my prices on Amazon by like $20 per product. Wow. Um, and when you're only making, you know, a, a drop shipper, you, you'll usually net in between 25 or 20 and 50%, just depending on how much control you have of your, uh, of your, you know, process. Um, you know, that's, that's tough. So Amazon, I actually stopped selling on Amazon because I was losing money doing it. Um, but but to get back to the the process of drop shipping, yeah, so can you just talk about drop shipping so people know that there is literally a there are people out there who will you can run the whole website and then you don't have to have uh, stand up paddleboard racks in your garage and ship them. Ask your mom to package up the boxes and ship <laughs> them out. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so with our site, we, we use a few um, national distributors, and we also use a few companies that do it by themselves. Um, so once you, once you find the products online, you, my first uh, advice would be to go directly to um, the manufacturer or the company themselves. So we have a company, for example, called Grass Racks that sells bamboo racks out of Philadelphia that came on with us last year. Um, and whether it was through me searching or them searching, we, we found each other and decided to work together. And, um, you know, if, if a company already has a big manufacturing process and you're offering to sell their product for them as long as they ship it out, um, it's, it's really not much more effort on their part and they're getting more eyes on their products. So we work with uh, a distributor on the West Coast and the East Coast uh, in Florida that, that has... I would say probably like 30 to 40% of our brands and then the other brands we work directly with and they all drop ship for us. Um, and awesome. so it's really just about reaching out and offering something and, and you know, it's not always going to work out. There's, uh, there's companies that we used to work with that we don't work anymore um, just depending on, you know, uh, were we making enough money for the effort that we put in to sell their products that sort of thing, but that's just a, an ongoing thing with any business. Um, so yeah, so they'll they'll drop the the products out for you. So basically, you just have to get targeted people to your site that will buy the products. Um, and you know, with with social media marketing now, there's so many ways to segment audiences, whether it be through Facebook ads or um, you know building a Twitter following or Instagram, um, and you know now, and I've I think I talked to you a little bit about this in Costa Rica, but putting your your products on on Pinterest because Pinterest has one of the highest engagement rates of any social media outlet. Um, so as long as you have attractive pictures and a reason for people to click through, um, you know you can get a, a pretty good uh, amount of engagement on Pinterest. I think we actually had two visits to the site this morning when one of our buffered um, Pinterest posts went out. Huh? Damn! I. Uh... We're behind on our Pinterest game, but you know that travel sells through like beautiful pictures oh, yeah. of beautiful places. It's it's no brainer. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get Courtney, our photographer, um, 
back in the Pinterest game because that's, I mean, A, she loves Pinterest because she's a girl, and B, yep. <laughs> she has beautiful pictures to, to market um, our trips. So that is, that's really cool stuff. All right, so we talked about travel hacking, how to get anywhere in the world for really cheap. We talked about how to create a business to fund all of this. Um, and I really wanted to hit home and, you know, and, and I've seen just by following you on social media, just by, um, you know, exchanging emails back and forth and, and seeing the type of things that you stand for now that uh, you have traveled, now that you've gotten out of the corporate um, scene, now that you've, you seem to have become a more mindful person to be able to realize how the world works and, um, and really try to cast your vote for how the world works yourself by, you know, the things that you write about, the things that you talk about, the things that you care about, so the way in which you spend your money, um, these are all ways to vote to make the world more how, how you want it. Um, I was going to ask you about, you know, going down to Costa Rica and going on your ayahuasca journey and how everything since then um, and, and just the whole process of traveling and getting out, getting out and, and kind of um, seeing the world how it really is, seeing things how they really is. How has all that uh, affected you? I'd love to, to kind of hear more about that. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so when I was in Costa Rica last year with, with uh, Michael, we, I went down for uh, the reason to visit him and to travel, but also because we had found a, a, a ranch in the jungle in Costa Rica that offered um, ayahuasca ceremonies. And for those of you who don't know what ayahuasca is, it's an uh, ancient brew, and I think it originates uh, in Peru or Brazil, somewhere um, in, the rain, in the Amazon rainforest. But the tribes there use it as a, um, as a, a medicine. You know, it's, not, it's not a recreational drug. It's not, you know, um, it's not going out and getting fucked up. Um, it's a medicine that people use to recover from traumatic experiences. Um, people use it for you know a variety of reasons, whether it be um, to kind of like shed layers of themselves and and come into a more um, full form of their potential. Um, but so so we went there, uh, I guess, about a week or two after originally me getting into town. He had been there. He had been in Costa Rica for a few months before. Um, and you know, we were just, it, it was actually, the funny part is pretty hard to find. So the place was, uh, in between Dominical, which is a, a very popular beach town, especially in, um, in, uh, February when they have vision quests there, um, and San Isidro, which is a, a town tucked away in the mountains where, uh, in my experience, I think, uh, is the least fluent in English of any town <laughs> I've been to in Costa Rica. Um, so this was in a, in a offshoot of a town called San Cristobal, right, right in between. Um, and so, you know, you can only really get there by taking a cab up and then walking down this dirt road up and down for, I don't know what it is, two miles or something. Um, and they've built this community back tucked away in the rainforest where they're completely self-sustainable. Um, they have fresh water coming from, from a, a rushing river. Um, that's right at the bottom of the hill, and they've captured that water and, and turning in, turned it into running water for their kitchen, um, for 
their showers and, and sinks and what have you. Um, and then they've built a lot of little little small homes, modest homes, and then they have a big open-air kitchen where everyone comes together. Um, there's about 20 of us. And so you go there about, uh, I guess we got there about three days before the ceremony, and you kind of have to cleanse your body out. Um, so at the time, I was... Uh, I was smoking cigarettes and, you know, we were, you know, before we were in, we were in uh, San Juan del Sur, which is, uh, you know, one of those places where travelers kind of get together and just uh, go crazy. There's, there's a thing there called Sunday Fun Day and you kind of get to, you know, experiment with all of your vices, if you mm, will. It's a, yeah, it's a party town, a surf town. Um, it's, it's where we run our, our Nicaragua trip for under 30 experiences. We stay at uh, up near Playa Maderas, and um, yeah, it's a it's a cool place. But uh, yeah, if you've been to Iguanas, the uh, the bar <laughs> down there on the beach, you know that you could get into some trouble. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So um, we were there for about a week beforehand, and um, obviously, you know, you know, we uh, experienced it to the fullest, and so we had to go there early to sort of cleanse our system out, if you will, um, because you can't participate in the ceremony. Um, unless you go there early and you cut off from eating meat, you cut off from eating processed foods. Um, they recommend that you don't, if you're a smoker, you stop smoking tobacco, you stop smoking even marijuana, anything. Um, so they want you completely clean and, and ready to go. So we got there early. Um, included in, in our stay was, uh, you know, we kind of all come together and help prepare these meals with fresh vegetables and fruits from around the area. And then very simple meals like rice and beans and, and stews and that sort of thing. Um, so you're there a few days early just to sort of get acclimated. And there's a the, the man who runs it, um, his name is uh, Ishmael. And he basically, uh, he has his family there with him. So it's him, his wife, um, and his children. And you would think that, you know, kids getting raised in the jungle would be, I don't know, ignorant or something. Um, but his 10 year old daughter was just one of the most, uh, enlightened, like intelligent kids I've ever met in my entire life. Um, she spoke like four languages, uh, just like on an adult level of, uh, comprehension, you know, she would have conversations with everyone else that was there, whether they be her age, 10 years old or, you know, 60 years old, um, so that was kind of cool to see. And so, so you get there a few days early and, and you know, you meet everyone that, that's there that's going to be doing the ceremony, uh, excuse me, ceremony with you. Um, and you just kind of, uh, you know, you take it easy. You, you try to f- cleanse yourself. You try to take the stress out. And you're um, cut and off from the outside world. This is like internet one hour a day, correct? Yes, yes. So they had capabilities for Wi-Fi, which was very bad. Um, and they turned it on for about an hour a day. So if you needed to make a call or if there was an emergency, um, you could do that. Um, and then, yeah, so so it was very self-reflective time. Uh, yeah, what are you dur- doing during the day? Are you just... It was uh, a lot of... Are there meditation you know, sessions or yoga or are you just hanging out in the jungle reading books or... Yeah, so we, we hung out a lot. Um, I, I read read a book, you know, did some writing. Um you know, go down to the river and swim for a little bit, hike around a little bit. Um, they did. His wife did do some um, morning salutations and yoga when when the sun would rise. Um, but it was just very, you know, we would play some games with the kids. They had board games and and um, 
you know, there was a guitar there, so I was able to, you know, play some music and, and you know, connect with some other musicians. But it was very, yeah, it was very just, um, it's not a place that you go to, like, constantly do stuff. You know, like, on our trip, it was like, go, 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 go. It was like, let's go hike this volcano, and then let's go, you know, go zip lining and then do this and that. So it wasn't, um, you know, especially coming from America where you're in this um, always like instant gratification, go, 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 go mindset. Um, it's the complete opposite. You know, it, it kind of teaches you that you don't have to always be occupied with something. You can sometimes take some time just to think or just to write or just to even just to stare out at the jungle and kind of just appreciate where you are in life. Um, so that's kind of what we did for the first three days. Um, and then the ceremony was on the night of the fourth day, I believe. Um, and that was just, it was just a beautiful experience. So, so the guy who does it, um, you start out and, and you're in a, a circle and, um, you know, it's very, it's very tribal. It's very, um, traditional and you're supposed to dress in white if you have it. Um, and you just sort of, uh, I guess you go one one at a time in line and, and you drink the, the brew. Um, and then you kind of just sit around and, and the uh, the man who leads it, he starts playing music on his guitar. So he's actually written a, a songbook of 300 songs that he wrote himself. And he plays those throughout the night while this is going on. This is the shaman. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, it's a very comforting thing to come back to, you know. If you start to get lost a little bit, you can look up and see him playing and and hear the music and and come back into this feeling of uh, community and and um, kind of like a, a very very family oriented setting, you know. Um, and the experience itself was, you know, for for me it was mild, you know. It wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't like hallucinating or seeing a bunch of colors or anything like that um you know obviously like my my perception was changed and and I could see um colors a little better and and especially being nighttime um but it kind of just puts you into a, a different state of consciousness a different state of mind where you feel so connected to the people around you um and so you actually when you when you start it you go in with an intention and you're supposed to come up with one word that describes your intention. Um, and for me, the word was clarity because I have been, um, you know, kind of running Rack Your Board at this time for almost a year. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's a lot harder than it sounds. You know, I'm not making like thousands and thousands of dollars every month, especially in a niche market. Um, so, you're, you know, you're putting all your energy into something and then you start to question, is this really what I want to do with my life? Um, you know, because I'm also I'm a musician and and I love to write, um, and so there's these other hobbies that I would love to take into a new um, part of my life, make them more prominent instead of oh I'll just do that once a week or what have you. So uh, going in with an intention is something that I think is necessary for something like this. You know, if you don't have an intention, if you're just doing it for fun or recreationally then I don't think you understand what it is meant for. Um, so I you know, I found my clarity in that night, and it was kind of funny. I started laughing at myself because I was like, oh, well, I want my, my clarity, my original question was like, I want to know if I'm a writer or if I'm a musician. And so I started laughing at myself when I had the realization that 
you already are a writer and musician. You've like you've write all the time and you make music all the time. Just because you're not um, doing that professionally doesn't make you not a writer and not a musician. And you know that's that's a pretty enlightening experience because growing up in the states here, uh, your mindset is well, if you're not doing it professionally, if you're not making money off of it, uh, then why are you doing it? You know that's that's kind of the uh, the mindset I know of like of my parents and especially people in the Northeast growing up in New York. Uh, I'm sure you had similar experiences. Um, but so I found my clarity and I, I came back from Costa Rica and, and I actually started a band here um, and we started putting some music together. Uh, and then that kind of climaxed on New Year's last year when we played our first show, we played a house party and we have uh, 10 original songs. Um, and then also this year I wrote the travel hacking guide. And, and while that's not my particular style of writing, you know, I like to write creative nonfiction or fictional stories. Um, I think it's a, a step in the right direction and it's a step in, you know, writing something based on market need. And it's not that I don't enjoy writing it. Um, it's just a, it's a practice, so to speak. So, you know, without doing, without doing that ceremony, without that experience, I don't think I would have ever started the band. I would have never written those songs. Um, I would have never gotten over my fear of performing in front of people. Um, and I probably would have never written the travel hacking guide. So yeah, so it was a pretty, <laughs> it was a pretty important experience in my life. And, and it's, uh, it's something that I, I still learn from every day, I guess it is it teaches you to look at the world in a new way and to kind of, uh, you know, shed your old perceptions of yourself or what success is and, um, you know, which is something that I definitely needed at the time. Damn, man. Well, that sounds like a, a really powerful experience. And I'm even more happy to hear that you've integrated that into your life and that you took action on it because sure, it's great to go into the jungle for three days and be all enlightened and, and strip back all this conditioning that society has has placed upon us or that we've let let into ourselves let a, let block um, our our clarity but not only did you see that while you were there um, but then you said okay like haha this is ridiculous yes of course I'm a writer of course I'm a uh, of course I'm an artist um, but then you put that into action because so many people, you know, they, they do that or um, they go and, I don't know, get a, go on a yoga retreat or they um, do or they go and travel and they have these great experiences and then they come back and they're just the same old person. But, um, yeah, I really commend you for, for uh, integrating that into your life and, and practicing that every day. Thank you. And, and you know, um, I think that's the the lesson is, um, you know, you don't have to come back and make some massive life change. Um, but if you keep saying one day, you know, if you come back from an under 30 experiences trip and let's say you're working for a corporate job you don't like, and you talk to all these amazing entrepreneurs and, and people like you and Caesar and, and, um, people who are just, you know, out there doing it, um, you know, you come back and you, and you kind of think like, oh, I need to make this massive change in my life right now. And then you just think like, oh, well, I can't do that because I have bills to pay and financials and whatever. But one day I will. And you keep saying one day and one day 
And if you keep saying it, it's going to be 20 years and you're still going to be saying one day. You don't have to make a massive change all at once. It's all about people see the event instead of the process. So instead of, you know, people see you or somebody like I, like I am and, and they think like, oh, you can work from the beach in Costa Rica, how lucky or I wish. But, you know, that doesn't just happen. We didn't just like get up one day and be like, I'm going to quit my job and go to Costa Rica. It, it's a process. It takes a long time to build up to where you're able to do things like that. Um, and that's, that's kind of what people don't see. Um, you know, they see the event of uh, WhatsApp selling to Facebook for $16 billion and they think, oh, those guys are lucky or I had that idea. But you know, if you don't implement the idea, if you don't see that they took four years of working hard every day and pushing, um, then you do think it's just the event. You think it's just luck or um, some sort of fluke. Whereas, you know, things happen if you put yourself in the right place for them to happen. That's, uh, <laughs> that is very well said. Um, Jamie, I want to, I want to wrap things up here with you in a minute. I want to, uh, to put some of the things that we talked about today into practice. I'm, I'm here hanging out with my parents and uh, I leave for Brazil tomorrow. So it's a pretty nice spring day out here and, um, I want to get outside. We're going to go on a hike and, uh, yeah, get outdoors for a little bit. Um, but I want to ask you, what's what's one thing, um, you know, if somebody, I want to turn this into something actionable uh, for the people who are listening, what's one thing that they can do today to uh, to start going down that path? Well, I, I think it depends on your industry. Um, but, you know, if I want to sum it up in one word, I'll just say read. Um, the more you read, the more you study something, the more likely, the more you're going to learn about it, first of all, and the more likely you're going to be to take actionable steps on it. Um, you know, I just, I actually just put an offer out to some people on my mailing list for a free copy of my audiobook. And I did that because I talked to a lot of people who had read the book but hadn't started travel hacking yet. And I started to ask myself, like, well, if you read the book, you know, why aren't you doing it? Um, and I think it's just, it's persistence. It's repeating something over and over. Um, you know, if I'm sure you've read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and where he talks about, um, uh, what is it, you know, repetition of something in your mind, repetition of a statement or an idea or whatever it is. And I sure. think that, that, that translates also to, you know, learning a new skill. You know, you're not going to learn how to do something until you take action on it. And I think you're not going to take action on it until it's one of those ideas that you're thinking about constantly and the only way to make an idea like that is to you know keep introducing new literature and and information about it into your own mind I love it Jamie I love it if uh, people want to take action today and read some of your stuff where can they find you online um, well you can find us uh, on Amazon the books on Amazon and it's called the travel hacking pocket guide um, it's only a couple of bucks, and it's going to save you hundreds or maybe a thousand dollars on travel. Um, and you can also just find me on Twitter um, at Jamie underscore Zeller. Um, I, I share a lot of travel hacking tips and pictures and that sort of thing uh, over there all the time. Jamie, you're the man. Thank you for living different and uh, keep at it. You've uh, it, you've come out with some inspiring content for us all. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.